0: Welcome to Climate Anxiety and the Kid Question, a podcast that explores climate change, how it impacts our emotions and sense of well-being in the world, and ultimately, how we feel about having and raising children in this climate-altered landscape. I'm your host, Jade Sasser. In this episode, I'm talking to Jessica, a young woman from Atlanta who currently lives in New Orleans. With the increasing intensity of hurricanes and floods across the South, Jessica finds it hard to plan out her future, specifically where she can put down roots and live long term. As a result, her mind is clear. She won't be having children. Let's get into it. So thank you so much for talking uh, to me about this issue today. Um, Can you start by telling me a little bit about yourself in terms of your age, your gender, where you live, and kind of what you're doing in life right now?
1: Sure, so I am 23. Um, I currently live in New Orleans, which is my family's home, Um, but I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I graduated from college two years ago and have been working ever since. I work in tech um, at Uber's corporate office, um, and I work on sort of new verticals for the business. um helping with the rollout of new technologies and that sort of thing on um uber's applications like mm-hmm. Uber Eats. so yes that's a little bit about me um i'm an only child i have a dog um i love to go on long walks and i love to read and i'm a big um um consumer of, like, any news show on TV. So, <laughs> succession, any anything that HBO Max puts out, that's what I'm watching.
0: <laughs> okay, so you said that you are an only child. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you want to have children, or have you thought about having children at some point in the future?
1: Um, I do not think I want children. <laughs> I know that's a confident statement to make, so early in life, which is what I hear whenever I say that to, like my mom or, or you know, a certain demographic. If I'm talking to like an older female relative, that's, mm-hmm. that's usually they're like, "Oh, you're too young. You don't, you don't know yet." Um, but I had never thought of myself as a maternal person. Mm-hmm. Um, like when some women will say they always. Knew they were going to be a mom. Like, they get the, that feeling when they're around a baby. Um, and I, I've never gotten that. And maybe that would look different with my own child. I think it would. Some people say, you know, they're like, you know, I, I was kind of neutral on babies. So I had one. I love my baby. But I'm still, like, iffy on the rest. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't feel much of a maternal instinct. I enjoy kids. Like, I I enjoy. I was a nanny one summer. Um, I think they're fun. I think if you speak to them like adults, like they really. I don't know. I I I don't know that I. If I were to have children, I think I'd really want to raise them as like autonomous. And um, I think it's important to see children as like human beings, and they can mm-hmm. make some of their own decisions and and all of that. So I. So I think parenting is really important. I just don't know if that's for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and it would depend on the context, too, that, that I'm in. And I would like to be partnered if I were to have a child. And I'd want that to be a very positive space to bring a child into. And um, so all those things go through my mind when I think about possibly being a parent.
0: Yeah. So you've mentioned your age and you're 23 and it is really common for older women to say, oh, you'll change your mind later on. Um, But how long have you felt that way about parenting?
1: It has been more prevalent in the past couple of years. I think the pandemic and everything else we're going to talk about, climate change, (laughs) that too, Um, social climate, all of that has really emphasized my, my neutral to like negative feelings about being becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my generation feels very unstable. Like we, we can't get on our feet. Um, I have friends who are still unemployed coming out of college Um, and just seeing how I think strained, our social safety net is if if we even have one i think it's pretty non-existent <laughs> um and so to to bring a child into that feels feels like it, it's always a, it's been a huge responsibility and every generation has their like their things so to speak whether it's like a war or i, I don't know um, um, the cold war that sort of stuff like i'm sure if i asked my grandparents at the time, what their, what their issue was, you know, everybody has their, their big thing that's on the collective psyche, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's been, it's been pretty hard to see a way out of this. I think for my generation, um, whether it's the pandemic or just seeing how we aren't really taken care of, um, in this country. So, Especially the family, and that feels—that's what drives a lot of those feelings. Um, in college, I took a class on family policy in in the West. So we looked at different countries and what their maternal leave policy looks like, um, reproductive rights, um, all of that. We looked and we would compare like the U.S., the U.K. to some. Um, Latin American countries and um, European countries, and that really got my gears going as well in terms of thinking about how in in the U.S. Um, we're we're sort of on our own in a lot of ways, um, whether as an individual or families. Like we just live in a very individualistic society, and um, that can be stressful as well because you you think about if you lose a job or or um getting a terminal illness or or a long-term illness anything like that um you know the rug can sort of be pulled out from under you here and there's not a lot of relief and so yeah all that has been on my mind well that's (laughs) about being a parent
0: yeah that's a lot So let's just jump right in. You mentioned a lot of things. You mentioned COVID, the pandemic. Uh, you mentioned, you touched on climate change, but didn't go any further. You mentioned, you know, social safety net, social division, the social fabric, um, yes. if there still is one. How do those concerns factor in? And are there certain concerns that are more prevalent for you, or is it all of it? together
1: um yeah I think there are some concerns that are more prevalent than others like so I'll touch on climate change um I have been living in places for the past like six years that have been very hurricane prone so I went to college in Florida um I've been living in New Orleans obviously we had a really bad storm season this past August um and every every region has their their disaster. So I it's not fair to say it's only here, but um, um, I do think about it often because I'm like, well, if I, I I wouldn't even feel confident buying property in a lot of areas of the country, especially down here in the Gulf. Like, and then um, you see like the the predictions for the next. 10, 20, 30 years, like these climate scientists um, talking about what, the, how the landscape is going to continue to change. And it feels sort of unfair to bring a child into into this mess. <laughs> it's, it's a multifaceted mess, but um, climate change is pretty high on the list of, of reasoning. Um, I would say... COVID, I don't know that it's COVID itself, but really just the way we haven't been very protected at all in the context of COVID. Like, you know, there's so many loopholes to get tested. It's not free and accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. They could send out test kits to everybody. hasn't happened yet. Um, And then just seeing, like, the stimulus checks. Like, people haven't... I mean, that stopped months ago, you know, like all of that. And you think about how the government has handled all of that. And then you think about, well, we're going to need even more of a robust response when it comes to climate change and potential climate refugees and all of that. And seeing how the government has handled COVID, which has been unprecedented, and thinking about, well, what are they going to do when we have the next, like, climate change is the next thing. I mean... It's happening now, but um, that's going to need a huge federal response and state response. And just seeing the failures in the context of COVID and thinking about that um, also makes me very apprehensive to to bring children into that and see what they will inherit, which will be worse than us. So, um, yeah, I think those are the two. I would say climate change and then just general, um, um, distrust in
0: leadership. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, you also mentioned your, your generation. Are these conversations that you and your friends are having with each other?
1: Yes. We, we talk about this. I was just with a group of friends, um, for Halloween. They live in New York, um, and we all went up there to to celebrate Halloween, and we were just having conversations about how we don't think (laughs) we're going to be able to buy houses. Like, that just feels so out of reach for us, because we're, you know, saddled with debt, and um, the way that our parents could more so their parents, like I think it was a couple generations back, but ours too. The way you could just make a life for yourself on, you know, a middle-class salary, that really feels out of reach these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we can't conceive of having children and being able to do that financially. So I would say it's also a financial conversation um, mm-hmm. that comes up. But, um this might be in a more positive light. I think we also really try to live for ourselves. Um, and when you see your, what your parents weren't able to do or what your grandparents weren't able to do, um, I think my generation is is really selfish in a good way. You know, they everybody else might say we're selfish in a bad way, talking about millennials and Gen Z and all that, but I think we really, we really choose ourselves in a lot of ways. Whether that's like not staying in a job that we don't enjoy, you know, we will bounce. I just did it, so <laughs> um, it's or it's you know, moving to a new city just to do it for like six months or a year or traveling. Like my parents didn't leave the country till they were in like their forties and fifties, and just we and we. I think we really live for ourselves, and so. Children might factor into that later, but for now, we're we're doing what we want to do because on some level, I think we also feel like there's an expiration date. If you, if you think about climate change and all that, we're like, no, well, we don't know how much longer we have to, to do these things and have these experiences. So um, I think all of that plays a part.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about that expiration date, do you... What do you mean? Do you mean it like in a literal sense, like the world is ending or do you mean it in more of a sense of things are going to change so much that these experiences just won't be available in the same way?
1: I think, yes, things are going to change so much that these experiences won't be available. So I was, I'm thinking of a particular example. Um, I did study abroad in Argentina three years ago. And I wanted to take this trip. It was like a dream trip, um, to Patagonia, like the southernmost part of the country where they have these glaciers and all this. And, um, I didn't get to do it because we never, we didn't get like a enough time off of school. I was obviously studying abroad. So we had classes, um, but we didn't, I, I knew I wanted to do at least like a 10 day trip and we didn't get a long enough break. So I said, okay, maybe I'll come back and do this at some point in time. And recently I've been thinking, and, and it also has to do with lockdowns and that sort of thing, travel mm-hmm. restrictions. But I'm like, God, I should have done that because the glaciers are melting at like <laughs> like a rapid pace. And who knows if I wait 10 years, will they, will they still be there? I mean, they'll still be there, but not in their like, majesty like it's if it, they're already reduced a lot um, it's called i forget the name of the i think it's petito moreno or something it's this huge glacier you've probably seen pictures of it um and i think that's sort of the the conversation around it it's like we don't things are changing at such a rapid pace mm-hmm. i mean even the past two years like I'm grateful for the things I did before then because I don't know if that if I'll get that chance again anytime soon. Um, so I don't think it's a literal expiration, like I think that's being a climate nihilist as they say, say it's like over and done with um, in fifty years or whatever. But um yes, we're I think we're anxious. We feel like we have to do a lot of living right now because um you never know what the next thing is going to be.
0: That was going to be my next question, which was going to be what emotions come up for you when you think about all these things that you've just described.
1: Sure. So anxiety, I would say, um, I wouldn't say hopeless because there is change. There are changes that can be made uh, around climate change and, Um, as climate scientists have said it's not completely out the window Um, but I I think anxiousness for for the future, for how it's going to be handled by those in power um, uh, bleak sometimes, the future feels bleak in a lot of ways Um, and just general like malaise like When it comes to COVID, you know, we are also exhausted by this and feels like we're doing everything we can, at least myself and those around me, you know, we're vaccinated and boosted and all that and we've taken all these precautions. But um, when you see the people who are so (laughs) just empowered to not follow rules at all and don't care about the the greater population, it's like, well, what are my, you know, small contributions doing if there's this, you know, pretty significant, they're a minority, but it's significant in a pandemic that's about spreading disease, you know, Um, when they don't care, it's like, well, what am I going to do? And they, and they're so empowered these days, um, whether it's with, you know, like the January 6th stuff or all of that, um, it feels like. What can we do as an individual when these big corporations or politicians or whatever um, um, yield so much power and just don't don't use it for good? Um, yeah. So, yes, I would say anxiety, malaise, um, bleak, bleakness. Um, yeah, but in the in a putting a positive spin on it, like I was saying, we we really try to live. For now, and and make like I'm still making plans with friends like six months out for like the summer because we feel like we've got to
0: live now. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious. Do you think that the demographic of your friend circle comes into play with how you talk about these issues around climate change, social problems, being parents, and whatnot?
1: Yes, I think for us black women we on on some level it's a societal thing as well like we don't I don't know if I want to bring uh, and they might not be they'll at least be mixed I don't know it depends on who I have a child with but they'll have some sort of identity that makes you know life hard for them as, and any child might have that, whether it's you know orientation or, or race or disability, some some kind of hindrance. Um, but when you see all that's going on in the world, and you're like having to have these conversations with a child, the conversations I I was that were had with me when I was younger, and even now, like it's just a lot. Um, so I think when we when I think about my black female friends we are apprehensive to some extent because of that um, and we haven't even said that out loud but but I know that's what it is <laughs> um and let me think I would say mo- my friends who are older like I say the the 30 something the 40 something they don't have kids so um I wonder if it's just not just my age range, but 30s and 40s, too, who have those same apprehensions.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting that you said that you and your friends don't talk about the fact that being Black women probably plays a role. That Why do you think you don't talk about that?
1: Um, I don't know. I think we just haven't said it out loud. Um, I, don't I don't know that, that it's conscious. I also think this is another, this is related, but we don't know the likelihood of us getting married um, as black women. <laughs> so so I, and that's for a lot of different reasons. I won't get all into them now, but um, I think that has a lot to do with it. Because when I talk to my friends about having kids, we're, before we get to that, we're saying, well, I don't know if we're going to get married. So, that is a bigger, I think that's a large part of it because I don't think, and it's not because I don't think I could find a partner, but because I'm open to, you know, other races and that sort of thing. But I also don't know if marriage is for me. So it's like um, a lot of question marks all over the place. Yeah, (laughs) But I I would not have a child without being married. Like I don't want to be, a single parent um so yeah i think that's when we talk about it that's what we mean because i i was just talking to a friend of mine sasha she lives in new york and she was she was saying yeah i don't i don't think i i think i want to be married like um it's good it's going to take a lot of thought for me to to enter a marriage and i feel mm-hmm. the same way because i'm a child of divorce um and Oh, even my friends whose parents are still together, like they see their parental dynamic and they're like, well, my parents aren't really happy. And so we, we notice all this stuff and we try, we think we want to do something differently. Um, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we're against the idea of marriage. Like I, I don't have like issues with it. I just, it would be really important for me to find a partner that I want to be married to. And that's the, that's the challenge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so switching gears just a little bit, I'm thinking back to some things that you were saying earlier in the conversation, especially about like an expiration date. Um, when you think about the future, what the future will look like and feel like, say, 10 to 20 years from now, what do you think, what do you envision? What do you think that future will be? Um,
1: I don't know. This is another thing we talk about. <laughs> my my peers and I, we're like, we can't, I feel like the past two years has inhibited me from thinking far in advance. Um, so I, I feel like I make plans like six months out, a year out, and that could all change. Well, life, that, in general, that could happen because it's life. But 10 years, I don't know. Um you, you for me individually or just in general?
0: Uh, either. In general or in your personal life, either one.
1: Gosh, that's hard.
0: Um I think
1: we need like a full overhaul of, of a lot of different <laughs> a lot of different things, the whole system. I don't know, just the way things are going now. I think something like revolutionary has to happen honestly um when you think about just people people can't make rent people don't have jobs people we're not getting su- support from from um the government um just what's happened to like our healthcare system i think about the healthcare workers and like they are so overloaded like i i keep waiting For like a strike to be announced or something, because whether it's you know healthcare or like even just what's happened like on in retail and restaurants and that sort of like short staff, like I think people are really set up on a lot of different levels, and I envision some sort of organizing around all this because people are at their breaking point. from a, from a societal standpoint, from climate change, um, I think that's really dependent on who's in office and, you know, congresspeople. And um, because we can only do so much as individuals, um, as much as our choices are important, um, I think it's really dependent on, you know, are we pulling back from these oil and gas corporations and, you um, all of that, and it's it's hard to say. It, it's really hard. I could not tell you what I think the world will look like in 10 years, what this country will look like. Yeah. Um, feels like a day-to-day effort <laughs> most days.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On a personal level, it feels like, yeah, day-to-day, week-to-week, um, but who knows? I don't know. I think my generation is really upset about some stuff, but we're also, like, very very pessimistic about things um and how can we not be you know right so right um it's hard to say
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense what would it take or what do you think it would take um to make the future a place that you would want to live into a place (sighs) that you would be excited about whether as a parent or not
1: okay um I think on a personal level, it would be myself working through a lot of things where I feel confident enough to bring a child into this world, where I've he- he- healed my inner child and feel like I can be a good parent um, because I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and I think having like the self-awareness enough to know sometimes... You shouldn't bring a child into, into your mess or a family's mess, that sort of thing can be a good thing. Um, so healing myself, but then also feeling like I'm protected by the powers that be, which we, we never fully will be, but just like, like I was saying, family, family policy if I felt confident, you know, in our healthcare system, mm-hmm. like. You know maternal mortality, all those rates. Um, if I felt like if I lose my job, I'm going to have some support on at the federal level. Um, if I felt if I felt more protected by the powers that be, I think mm-hmm. is my my general statement. Um, and if I feel financially stable enough um, to to give my child the the kind of life they they deserve then i i would feel like i'm making a more confident decision about being a parent um it's always going to be scary you know you can have all those things and (laughs) being a parent is still terrifying (laughs) um but circumstances need to improve for me to for me to make that decision and i think also just um having being in a partnership where I feel we can be both great parents, and that we love each other enough to to show that to a child, and then you know that makes a child feel comfort in their own home, and then they're able to be this like you know confident human being. Um, I think that would have to happen as well for me to for me to make the decision to to be a parent. Um, yeah, that—that's all up for up for debate. So, <laughs> so whether that happens or not, I don't know. But yeah,
0: that's our episode. Thank you for listening to Climate Anxiety and the Kid Question, and please be sure to join us again.